saying show it's me a beautiful day. You have a no, no, even dumb people say smart You are I can't now I'm right now. Fuck out of my face. I'm logical, religion has non-religious answer. I'm a Mennonite. of Choctaw. By devil's advocate. Welcome. Welcome back. You For real this time. Yeah, For you real. Got, you guys don't know this. We just recorded four minutes and lost it. But yep. it wasn't yeah, an hour. I mean, you know, it's because I'm an idiot. That's the reason. I so. agree. <laughs> Thanks. You're right. At least you're right about something for uh, once. <laughs> what you guys missed out on was not much. I was explaining. I tried mead last month. It oh, was yeah, pretty good. I was like, are you going to a Ren Fair or something? Yeah. Which I would love to go to a Ren Fair. You know what I might do tomorrow? I, mean, yeah. I might go do pottery. I've always wanted to try pottery. I mean, yeah. It's, it looks so cool. Go buy one for your house. Nope. Anyways, uh, this is Charm City Meadworks Elderberry, which I guess the bees got their honey from elderberries oh, mainly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I was I was telling you that it is good, but it's not what I want from a beer. Now, mead isn't exactly beer, but it's kind of beer, but it's its own thing. Not as good as honey. It's it tastes almost exactly like apple juice. Ugh. Sounds horrible. It's apple juice is great. It's not good as orange juice, but apple juice is great. Um, but it's it's not what I look for in a in a beer. When I'm looking for a beer, I want something that can cut. Like you know, that's why bur- like burgers and beer, or pizza and beer goes so well together. Oh, uh, dude, uh, yeah, my burgers. That's what I'm making for dinner, and you're the one forcing me to do this episode f- all the way through. Yeah, just so you can go and you yeah. know get on, get on your piezo shit website. Because <laughs> guess what? I, my whole day was planned. I ate at good times. You're just a bitch. That's all it is. You're a, You're a bitch. You didn't eat earlier, so now you want to eat now, and guess what? Fuck you. You don't get to. So how do you <laughs> like that, bitch? Yeah. Anyways, this is uh, what I look for in a beer is <laughs> is something that can like cut through dense flavor, like fats, and this is just not it. This this is would be great just chilling. Like, if you don't want to eat, this is like a light drink that you could just drink like apple juice. It feels hydrating. It's not bad. It's just, I don't think I would ever buy this meat again, but there's yeah, speaking another Speaking of um, alcohol. Yeah. Have you heard of Dos Hombres? I know Dos Equis. <laughs> nope. So Dos Hombres is a Mezcal, not tequila brand by Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. Wow. I mean, I hate liquor with a passion. I'm getting a but bottle try for us. I'll try it. I'll try it. We'll try it. And, you know, and this whole because up. they're they're commercial, their ad for it, it on so their good. website. It sold me just because I love them. Yeah, I love those guys. I want to support them, even want, if I'm not a big liquor guy either. I want I, I just want to give it a chance. I want to put this out there right now. We are going to try this and we're going to try it on camera. We've been yes. saying it for a long time. Camera is coming so soon. I promise yep. you we're not going to give an exact date. It's going to be kind of like a fun thing. You're going to see it's going to be us. We're going to be all out there. Video is coming soon. We promise. Not only are we going to try tequila, we're going to try the world's hottest chip. That's like two years oh, old yeah. and probably molded. We'll just get another one now. No, they have no, like the no. new year's challenge. Nah. Nah. We'll get a 2024 version. 
That way it's relevant. And uh, so that is coming. Look out for it. And like Ben supported them, support us. Go buy some merch. Go join our Patreon. Yeah. We are really going to ramp up. Buy our Mezcal because it's <laughs> better than Dos Hombres. No, I'd make a beer if I was to make anything. You know Oh, that. yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously. What would it be? The the Devil's American IPA? <laughs> that's the most... That's a horrible that is a bad name. name. But listen, I don't you, know. you need... Buy, We're going to have two. We're going to have two miners because yeah. you like different beers than I do. Aren't we going to, weren't we going to, we're going to make coffee, right? We're going to make it all meth, coffee, you know. Yeah. We're going to do coffee, right? We're going to do coffee beans. Yeah. Like, like a signature devil's advocate coffee bean. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Roast and the, the Holy Roast, whatever the other one was. And the, the devil's brew or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. Something. It's on our notes somewhere. We'll find it. But yeah, I totally forgot about that. I don't even know how I forgot about that, but that's a good idea. Don't, that's not going to come nearly as soon as video videos coming very soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Personal coffee is probably years away. Most not likely. years, one year max. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm holding you to it. I need your commitment. Oh yeah. You're going to commit right now. Uh, no. Um, yeah. So I need you to commit No. in front of us all. No, I'm not gonna. What do you mean? I'm not going to commit to having roasted beans in a year. Cause that's a whole business. I don't know nothing about that. Oh business. no, 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 not that. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I no. was like, I cannot commit. No, I mean that's a good goal, <laughs> but no, not committing to having coffee done within a year, but committing to making sure that we get the podcast to a point where it can have its own beans. I commit to make this thing grow as much as possible. I commit to you all and you're all going to see my face so very soon. And I'm going to be yep. like a very scared child. I'm turning Alex into a social media personality. I wonder what people this think. This is the I, final phase. What do, what do you guys, you know, a lot of, or some of our listeners know us in real life. Yeah. For those that don't, what do you think we look like? I, I just like. The, if they've ever looked at the website though, they know. If you've never seen us. If you just stumbled upon one day and you listened and you enjoyed or you're stumbling now, I want you to comment. I think there's a way to comment in Spotify, maybe, or send us an email or go to our website. We can put that question there as a poll on Spotify. We'll put our poll and just tell us what we look like. You know, we'd love to know because I feel like I look exactly like my voice. I feel like my voice exactly represents what I look like. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. When I hear your voice, I just think of a narrator of a book or something, though. Or a comedian. I do love my voice. I love it. I mean, yeah, James Earl Jones. I don't know who that is. The voice of Darth Vader. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I do know who that is. James Earl Jones has one of the most fucking awesome voices in history. Well, fuck Darth Vader. Darth Vader's great. Okay, fucking, I can't say his name. Jimbo. Okay, what you gonna go go do? Buy a three thousand (laughs) dollar. Dude, see, like you're gonna fucking put a live video on Facebook of you spinning dough. See, there's like a certain type of person that ruins a fan base. You know what I mean? We're gonna get into some serious stuff here in a second, and because we haven't had very many serious podcasts lately, we're gonna drink dos hombres on the next one. Oh yeah, we're gonna have video on next week's podcast. Probably not. I'm just kidding. I'm but, just kidding. Uh, but we will. But it's going to be soon. Next week's podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, keep looking out for it. Man, my latte arts got better. Yeah, your this lattes is what are for. great. Thank you, man. The best I, I've ever had, actually. I, I it, 
All right. How crazy is this? I just want to bring this up. I have a coffee. I don't know the name of it and I can't see it. So who gives a fuck? But it has the note of strawberry in it. And when I saw that, I said, fuck this company. There's no way in a million years you're oh, tasting yeah. strawberry in coffee. And I'll be damned. It tastes like strawberry. I, like, yeah. I used to get this one called Natty Chefe and it was Natty like, like, nope, not that piss beer shit. And it was like a blueberry brown sugar and I think like chocolate tasting notes mm -hmm. and you could taste the blueberry in it. You you got a lot of the blueberry in the aromatics of it also. Yeah. So like you could really smell it like when you were taking sips and just in the air. So that was nice. I really liked that one. That was, that's yeah. my favorite one. It's my favorite coffee I have found aside from five alarm black rifle by black rifle. Yeah. Black rifle is great. Um, what I am trying to find right now is our favorite poet posted maybe the longest post I've ever seen ever. And oh, you, know I, what, you, you know, I think I do know what the secret for me to take my espresso, like my latte up to the level of yours though. What? Like I will, I will stand by that. I can make a latte as good as that espresso machine with an AeroPress. No. I, I think because all, all I'll need to test it is that vanilla syrup. It's shit. Vanilla syrup, dude. Dude, whatever, like, however it's interacting, it's good. If I get an espresso machine, I'll start making them like that. But I need to get some of that vanilla syrup. It's shit and I need to syrup. get, And I either need to get Natty Chefe or Five Alarm again so I can make an espresso and be like, huh, okay, how does it compare? I think yours might be thicker. Yeah, probably. It probably is, but that makes sense. So I, I, need, yeah. I need to see, but I, I have to look. Pulling espresso looks like, amazing. Because I have tried much espresso, Alex. I've done the same thing you've done, but with yeah. different tools. And I, I swear to God, the AeroPress makes one of the best cups of coffee you can possibly yeah. get. No, the AeroPress is a beautiful machine. Like, Do not get I, me wrong. I think the AeroPress is easily better than 75 to 80% of the coffee machines on the market. Um, probably even higher. Like, yeah, it's, well, it's incredibly effective. Also the only disadvantage is a small batch, but they have that big ass one now too. So yeah, the XL, they also have a, a crystal clear one, which is just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I don't like that one. Yeah. I don't either. It looks tacky, I guess. I cannot find it right now, but I hope I can find it soon and then we'll come back to it. But our favorite poet did post Oh, like yeah. a seven page long post. Oh, damn it. And it, what I, I mean, I couldn't get through it. So that's how it was. <laughs> uh, she must've deleted it, but I think she had her heart broken or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. She's, womp, she, womp. <laughs> do you, you know that, right? Okay. Sort of the womp womp thing. It was something about like, like a disabled child or some horrible yeah. thing. And yeah. the newscaster was just womp womp. And yeah, and then the other newscaster asks him, she's like, Did you just say womp womp to a disabled child? Like, <laughs> yeah. Of course I did. And honestly, good for him. Good for him. Jesus. I you know this That's ableist. I don't what is that? We're gonna talk about it later in this episode. They'll oh, be ageist okay. or, or ageist. Uh, sorry whatever ableist, you know, they're all the same, whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did you find it? No, but I did find a poet poem just to get us through the rest of the podcast. Okay. 
Happy Halloween. I tried my best to have a blessing of a night, but I'm still up with skits fuckery this fine hollows day. Sing it for the grave. YRD in the back. Louder. Put it even on speaker. That wasn't as bad as a lot of them. It to be honest. had a little more of a flow and that says a lot. And it had real, well, some of the words almost made sentences. So I think she's you know, getting better. And there was only like one word that didn't exist. So that's cool. Oh, this woman. But all right. Ridiculous. I, I she wanna, is fucking ridiculous. I want to hop into this philosophy stuff first. Okay. Okay. Here, before that, I want to give an introduction of what we're talking about because we're bringing back a main topic for once. We barely ever do them anymore, but this one has a main topic. And we're going to go for two whole parts. I'm going to go and throw that out there here as well. It'll be a one-hour part for this section and then one-hour part for the next section. So so the topic that we're going to talk about on this two-part episode is the gap between generations and the mentality between those and, you know, maybe what we could refer to as the perceived degradation of standards in society. Some people say that things are much better. Some people say that things are much worse. And so we're going to delve into the stereotypes between the younger and older generations and see if the societal standards really are collapsing or not. Because you've heard me bitch about it a lot, but I actually don't. I'm really in the middle on the subject. Okay. Like, okay. I, like I think that there are a lot of standards that have fallen by the wayside, but I also think there are new ones that are, don't get appreciated. So we're going to kind of discuss all of it. A very broad range of things. Yes. Uh, so and you, what your philosophy section, is that what you're going to? So, yeah. So two things. First, I want to say I did just find her really long post. It is going to be, you guys need to tune in next week. It's going to be the first thing okay. on part two. Yeah, first thing on part two is going to be, and I'm, no, I'm not going to show you. Just trust me, it's really long. Anyways, so the one thing we all have in common through generations is the human struggle, right? The struggle of who, what, what am I? Who am I? The, the most basic philosophical questions. Now, I know a long time ago, we talked about this and we both really liked the quote. Now, this guy has a lot of hate. He's got a lot of love. He should probably have a little bit of both. His name's Jordan Peterson. I'm sure every white guy out there has heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) And he has incel. Don't forget about them. All the incels. But he says something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, you aren't just you right now, but you're acting as you, every version of you in the future. Right. And we both really like that quote. We reflected on yes. it for a bit. Are you talking about like being the best version of yourself for yourself, both, you know, present and future? Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people say just do what feels good, which can be a very appealing thing. But you have to do what's good, not just now, but tomorrow, the next day, 10 years, so on and so forth. And I love that quote. And I was thinking about it today. And I started thinking more about something I've been talking with my therapist. And it's not that you're just acting as you now and in the future, but there's also like an infinite variety to who you are. Yeah. So like for me, I'm a son, I'm a pet owner, I'm a truth teller, 
I'm a student, I'm a friend, I'm a podcaster, I'm a guitar player, all of these things. And all of these things are like separate little personalities of me, right? I and think I think that's not healthy though. You don't? I don't think so. I think it's actually supposed to all be like ingratiated. Well, I think it is, but I I am saying these traits are each like they're all you. Yeah, they're all components me. of you. It's yeah. just a part of me. Yeah, yeah. And you have to go through time with those parts of you. And I think the hardest part about being a person is knowing when to let go a part of you. Yeah. When to build something new, when you're being too egotistical about who you are. Because I think when you define who you are, yeah. you're defining your perfect self in a lot of ways. Like, I'm a good person. I'm this guy. You know, I'm honest. I'm a good... Like, the things you think about yourself generally are good. Generally. <laughs> are, are we talking about normal people or yeah, like us? normal people. So let's say if you ask someone who they want to be as a person, that is like their idea of a perfect person. Because it's like that is the embodiment. I want to be that. I want to be perfect because everyone wants to be perfect. Like, it's just a thing. And I think a hard part about being... I mean, a, but do they really want to be perfect, though? I think, I think they want to be their idea of perfect. But I think it's too hard, which I think is the hard part, is to become that perfect person, you have to be able to sacrifice parts of your personality. Yeah. Like, yeah. for example, your actions kind of show who you are as a person rather than what you say. Like it or not, I am sadly a video gamer to some degree and i do despise it and i i need mean to cut, i need to cut back yeah. on it to be more productive you were on the console and gaming within 60 seconds of getting in the door every time that i saw you yeah. in the past like two weeks yeah it's it's sad and i'm not proud of it and it's part of me that i know i have to get rid of and it hurts okay well here's the thing it's like I mean, you know, yeah, you do what you need to do, but maybe getting rid of it isn't what you have to do. Maybe you just have to limit and yeah. control it. Yeah, but that is still that maybe is, getting rid of quote unquote for like a certain period of time until you like overcome it and then you reintroduce it as like a reward or something. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean. So I have this part of me that is like somewhat of an uncontrollable part that takes pleasure in these video games without caution. And Are that, the video games a sin, Alex? Sure. But that is part of me, right? Like that video game tendency is part of who I am today. Yeah, yeah. And I have to limit that and take that part of me and shrink it to grow other parts of me. Like that, and that's a thing every person has to do, whether you know it or not, yeah, to try yeah. to become that ideal. And the problem with the ideal is I think you can get close to it. I think you can even achieve it but only for a short period of time. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's just too hard to be your perfect person. Like, I think you might be able to pull it off for a day where yeah. like you have these roles and you have them sorted into what's most important and the most important one kind of rains down on the rest. Um, for example, like my highest value as just a person is I'm a truth teller. Which, you are not. Are you a truth teller? Is that yes. your defining characteristic? 
Yes, I. I j- that's at my base. I'm, mm, I tell the truth, man. I don't lie uh, to people, dude. Uh, when do on, I lie? Uh, when do I, I think, lie? I think a a comedian. If you right? ask me a real question, do I lie? Like it could be an embarrassing thing. I'm not gonna lie. Not about important stuff. Yeah, that's but what you matters. Lie about everything yeah. else. I'll lie for to no make a laugh. Reason. I will lie to make a laugh. For, for my laughter specifically, not for your laughter. But for <laughs> See, mine. that's that's like psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> but I generally, especially with other people, like I try to be as truthful as possible when it comes to certain things. Yeah. Um, and that rains down on a lot of how I view my friendships, how I interact with my friendships. And then everything that comes after that kind of formats how I treat the rest of the things below on that list. Yeah. And I think you can reach that for a day, but I think it's, it's too easy. Just like the video games, it's too easy to just slip into unconcerning bliss for a moment of time, no matter what it does. And I, there, as I'm thinking about this, I'm going to chem class and I hear a song come on and it was like, you ever have a song come on the perfect time? Like for a situation that's happening at that moment. Yeah. 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 So I had this song come on. It was the perfect timing. It described like what I was trying to articulate in such a simple manner. And it's by Amigo the Devil. Nice. It's Cocaine Enable. That's a good one. It is a great one. And I'm, I haven't been a big music listener here lately, but I was like fully into this song while I was listening to it. And I just want to read the lyrics on why I think it relates to what I've been talking about because it made me like take a step back. So here's the first lines. The distance from who I am and the man I want to be, the time it takes to realize that time is the distance I need, but I'm impatient. Those (laughs) are beautiful lines. It's great. Yeah. I like that a lot also. The distance from the man that I am and the man I want to be the time it takes to realize that distance or that time is the distance I need. That just, that is such a great line. His, his lyrics are very clever in that way. Like I also really like the lyrics to hell and you. Yeah. Hell and you. It's like, I love no. the shitty things we yeah. do together. Come and live in this sin forever. forever. Hell and you, you know, you want it to, but hell and you is a beautiful song. It's, you know, another song like that, Jesse Stewart has a song. You remember Jesse Stewart, right? Mm, I don't know. No. He, uh, he, was the, he was also a mandolin player. He was like a crackhead and he had the song Cold Beer. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he had a song that I really liked that it was kind of about love. And one of the lyrics is like, who's going to steal my cigarettes in the morning now that you're gone? And I, lo- I love that song because it's like that it's it's the loving unhealthy relationship when you love someone and it's so toxic but you can't help but to love them and when it stops you still love the worst parts yeah aren't those aren't those great <laughs> they're horrible but it, i think it's a feeling a lot of people know amigo's great but we are going to get more into okay, so the differences generations. generations i want to talk about generations uh just real quick what is a generation i have the answer already just, do you want me to guess? Yeah. Do you do you know what if I when I ask that question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it fifteen years? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think there is a like oh. a static number. This this is the problem. So I, what what do you think? 
because I, I mean, I typically just think basically every subsequent like collective range of children from a given like yeah group of people. Like, and well, I, and and I thought you know maybe around ten years. I, I guess I never really thought about it. Well, I think millennial. I think millennial is eighty-one to ninety-six. That's why I said fifteen years. I had like. I'm pretty sure that's right, but I, I had. I, I mean, like, there is no specific thing. There isn't like a when, universally agreed on one. When uh, I think of generation, though, I think of like ten just, years. Yeah, ten to twenty years, and it's just a specific time period, and it just resets. Yeah, like, kind okay. of like Capricorns. It's fucking. Uh, it's this window, except it's something where <laughs> where something actually affected you. Yeah. You know, societal factors and economic status of the time and political ideologies that prevailed, et cetera, et cetera. Wars, so on and so forth. And where the stars were in the universe. Most importantly, the stars. Most importantly. Okay, so choosing what generation any person is a part of is actually not a simple thing. Uh, So Pew Research Center, I know we've done citations from them before, but I have an article here. I know we've used them in a lot of the Christian nationalism episodes to mm-hmm. like gather statistical data on from polls about like where like, you know, it's like that thing uh, where it said like, I'm, I'm not even going to quote it. I'm not even going to quote it because I don't fucking know. So Pew Research Center, they measure public attitudes on key issues and they document differences between these demographics and political groups. So this is uh, one on age and defining generations. So Four generations that we're going to really kind of talk about here today. The alive Maybe not ones. super in detail, but there's two main ones that we'll really talk about in detail. But like, so the silent generation, do you know about that? Was that right before baby boomer? Yep. And then the boomers and then Gen X and then millennials and then Gen Z. Z. Yeah. So, and there's a new one. We don't talk about them. What? I think it's alpha. Is that We don't alpha? talk about them. Is they it don't, Gen Alpha? They are still shitting in their pants. They're 11 so. years old. What? Yeah, I'm almost positive. We I, are I, grandfathers. What do you mean we're grandfathers? Oh, here. Not- perfect. Millennials, people born. Okay, this is one person or one. Okay, sorry. This is Pew Research's subjective opinion on what the generations defined are. So the millennials born after 1980. We're just going to go over this once, like kind of quickly. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about a little like a few traits associated with each one. And then we're going to kind of just, you know, be like, okay, if you need more research information on that shit, go research it yourself. Cause we're going to talk about stuff relating to that, but I not think the general directly. connotation of each, how they kind of come off, what our yeah, perspective yeah. is on all of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we start to delve into anything super in depth. So millennials born after 1980, they are maybe okay. So we're gonna, this is actually a study from like six or seven years ago. So average age of adults. Okay, let me let me let me do the math now. I'm gonna have to add some years to this to make mm-hmm. it make sense. So millennials born after 1980, average age now is gonna be like 25 to 38, 39. Okay, that's the average ish somewhere around there. That's about 30% of the population. 27% of the population is Gen X, 1965 to 1980. So this is giving 15-ish year windows here. Those people are now probably in their 40s to 50s, mid 40s to mid 50s. Baby boomers, they're in their 60s to 70s. 
and they're about 30% of the population also. That's 1946 to 1964. The silent generation, 1928 to 1945. And they are, you know, 87 to 90 something, yeah, 93. I, uh, my grandfather and might then the make very, it. And then before that, you know, those people, they're 11% of the population. Uh, and this was the study, again, this study was in 2015. So yeah. the greatest generation, don't want to forget about them. They were the they greatest. They are the best. Anyone before 1928. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> From zero to 1928. Yeah. So uh, 1928. 15 years ish before that, you know, they're 88 to a hundred plus now. So they're probably yeah. less than 1% of the population. The this, ones that this. caused the depression, those ones, they were awesome. They made everything better for every generation after them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we've got a, a grip on, you know, who we are, are. we're not going to talk about greatest generation at all. We're barely even going to talk about silent generation. So baby boomers, people in their sixties and on, and by younger. the way, I do want to tell you this, Gen, the next generation after Z is Generation Alpha, and it starts in 2010. So they're 13 years old. I don't like this. They're almost 14. I don't like it. Do you know when they end? Do you know when this generation ends? Now. Next year. <laughs> so there's going to, I guess, Generation Beta is going to be fucking... Yeah, they're all going to be fucking betas too, aren't they? Because we're definitely not raising a bunch of alphas. Yeah, li lib betas, man. <laughs> them lib betas. I don't lib like lib them libels. <laughs> them libelies. Lib libs. Uh, so. Yeah, who you want to start with? Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you enjoying this podcast? We fucking know you are. I'm sure they could enjoy it even more, though. <sighs> all right, you negative asshole. I'm sure our lovely audience could enjoy it more by checking out our Patreon page. Ah, yes. Well, look at you solving problems. We've got multiple tiers to choose from, so there's not really any financial pressure. Thank you for that. And uh, whether it be early <laughs> access to episodes, bonus content, exclusive Patreon-only merch, or just listening to Ben and I ramble about the different types of orifices in the human body, our Patreon has a large variety of special content for very special people. Plenty of rambling. And don't forget, you rambling asshole, that that's far from all we're offering. We are creating video and audio comedy bits for TikTok and everything. Fuck TikTok. Fuck TikTok. Giving access to behind-the-scenes content and occasionally bringing on the coolest fucking guests ever. Amongst many other things. To check all of this out, go to patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. Again, that is patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. And maybe, Ben, if you weren't such a disgusting pothead, you would have remembered to say that not only do we have Patreon exclusive merch, but we also sell a shit ton of merch to our general audience on our website. Yeah, no, maybe I should have remembered that because that is the best way that you can support us aside from subscribing to our Patreon. But you can check all of that out on our website, which is www.therealdevilsadvocatepodcast.com and find us on any of our social media platforms or streaming platforms with the tag the Real Devil's Advocate Podcast. And again, that is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www dot T-H-E-R-E-A-L-D-E-V-I-L-S-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Jesus. Autism. The silent generation. They are known for their dedication to work. That's all they know. <laughs> they know work. And they do work. They do work they, hard. They're also very respectful of authority and hierarchy. 
you know, yeah. to them, if you're older than them, then they bow down to you basically. So to them going to work as a non-negotiable commitment, yep. like, you know, it's like, even if you're sick, just do it. Go to work. Okay. Boomers. We know about the boomers. There's a lot of memes about the boomers that they arose because the silent generation fucked so much because of the world war. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so they didn't choose to be here. <laughs> they just None all showed did. up at the same time and they're like, I don't know what to do. I guess we're going to fuck everything up. We're going to do a lot I'm of cocaine. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But they did fuck everything up. But they and did. a lot of cocaine. Uh, so, I mean, generally, obviously, they, they were driven and hardworking because yeah. the economy during their younger years is thriving. So they have abundance of opportunities. They had massive access to careers and university educations. And know, this was which, like, this was as we, we were doing a very heavy comeback from the depression. So like oh stuff yeah, was because booming. of the wars. Yeah. Factories were fucking killing it. Uh, I know Detroit was huge back in that time because it was a big car manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. Car yeah. manufacturing. Yep. So they, you know, they started to kind of shift the feeling towards authority figures, right? Cause they're more independent. You know, they were, they were more willing to take risks and start their own businesses. They, they like, they had the confidence of the war. So they like, you know, they, they, there was the, the, the war also de decreased trust in authority figures as well. So they were less likely to just absorb what they were told without like questioning things more at that time. You know, that's changed obviously now, but yeah. back then they, they uh, were, you know, a, a shift away from the very rigid moral code of respecting authority that the other generation had. And I believe they were the ones that actually, if my timeline's correct, they um, protested the Vietnam War, which is just kind of a show of that almost distrust of authority Yeah, yeah. Uh, starting to build. And, and, you know, a lot of baby boomers now are conservatives. Yes. And, you know, traditionally that is associated with, you know, keeping government small. Yes. And they felt like the Vietnam War was the government making decisions for them that they didn't want. They didn't want to be involved in the war. You know, that kind of started that trend, maybe even towards <laughs> further disrespect of authority. Yeah. Good thing Which, the government, you know, good thing they didn't do anything we didn't like after Vietnam. Good thing. And, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of authority either. So what? It, you know, remember how they used to say that LaVey and Satanists were on the conservative side of the political yeah. spectrum. Well, I don't really do politics. I, yeah. I just like, have my I, thoughts. I, it would be hard for me to vote conservative still. Yeah, it would. I, it, I, it I would got, I'm not going to say it would be like, oh, I could do this really easy. It I, would be hard for me to vote is my thing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, just, that's probably true at this point also. And I don't think that voting third party is useful. It's not. What was the first election you could vote in? 2016. Mine was 2020. What? Yeah, dude. Weird. My first presidential or at least presidential voting was 2020 because I turned 18 in, in uh, 2019. I always forget you're a child. Yeah. And I didn't vote because I could not vote for Trump Wait, or Biden. You were Biden. born in 2001, right? I was born in January of 2001. That is fucking disgusting. <laughs> I am closer to being Gen Alpha then the last gen alpha is to being at the start of gen alpha. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, sure. So okay. I am, I'm closer to the age of being an alpha than a kid born. Now I'm more start alpha alpha. 
I'm an alpha, alpha male. You are. You're a, you're a top G. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Moving on. Gen X. <laughs> I saw the fear. Generally. Wait, so Gen X is before millennials? Yes. My parents okay. are Gen X. Okay, Your parents yes. are Gen X. Yes. Okay. Correct. Positive work ethic, but they value work-life balance more. Yes. Because the baby boomers were all about work also. They kind of developed that from their parents, but they were, you know, booming in economic prosperity. So there was high incentive to work more yeah, and, and work overtime. Gen X, I think, is less likely to work like large amounts of overtime than baby boomers, generally, statistically. This is according to the Pew Research. Again, they tend to prioritize hard work and competence over like credentials, like, you know, a, a little more, a, a little less strict on college degrees than the boomers were. And you know, yeah. this is a gradual progression through these, you know, yeah. and, and it makes sense when we get to today, it's like, okay, all you see are these things compiling at the, when they get to now. So it's like Gen X is also the first generation with l the large majority of both parents working outside the home. Oh yeah, because Be um, because you know the economic the prosperity yeah. was had went down. The parents are outside of the home in order to try to compensate for the disaster that the boomers left us in. <laughs> and I then think it was probably one of the most civil rights spoken times until recent. Yeah, yeah. Just because, and so, and so that you know, yeah, that's what led to their desire to kind of break away from that. I feel like, yeah, they saw the, a little bit of corruption in the system. They saw the system was oppressing people. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that led them farther away from yeah. supporting they strive, authority. They strive for that work-life balance more because their parents were working so much, I think. Yeah. Uh, or, or because they had, their parents had to work so hard. Yeah, they saw it provide. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they were didn't want to go through brutally. That. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know, in Appalachia, we could talk about coal mines even. Oh, yeah. And, and how my parents, parents generation gen x saw the baby boomers who ran the coal mines literally fucking kill themselves with the heat and the toxic fumes and the explosions and the accidents and the disease from all the different things you know they saw them work extremely hard for very low amounts of money to provide for them and then and die. that caused them to want a better work-life balance for themselves i think and to prioritize simply working hard and providing over just having like credentials for the sake of credentials, I think. Anything and, to add before we go to millennials here? Uh, just something to keep in mind for the audience. Also, while this is happening, transportation between states is becoming easier. So I think there was less of a idea that you had to stay where you grew up because that was very ingrained early on, I think probably with the silent generation specifically, because if you'd want to move across the country, that's kind of a difficult task to do. And as these are going on, it's become easier and easier to move to a different place. And I think you start to see that more with the generations, which could uh, contribute to the workforce and some of the ideals they have from getting to experience more of the world. Yeah, true. I mean, but we can and move on because it's, I think, okay, so I don't know when, I don't know which interstates this covers, maybe the whole thing. Definitely a lot of the stuff here on the East Coast, like 81 and probably 77 as well. The interstate highway system in the United States was created in 1956 and it was signed by 
Eisenhower. So that's all the Eisenhower mm-hmm. interstate system. And so that was June 29th, 1956, a bill signed that created 41,000 miles of interstate highways that Eisenhower promised would eliminate unsafe roads, insufficient routes and traffic jams. Yeah. So is that that's in that time period, right? Like late, you know, 60, 60, by the end of the sixties, all of that's complete. The interstates. Yeah. So that would be the, uh, the boomers would be growing up with, with that or sorry, Gen X would be growing up with that. So like the boomers and the silent generation, I, they mainly stayed where they grew up just because traveling was more of a hassle. Yeah. Yeah. And from staying in one area, I think you had more of a collective mind per area all across the nation. And then as times progressed, we've moved outward more and more. And now, especially if you live in a diverse place, like if you're in New York, I feel like it could be hard to find someone born in New York. Like everyone's from everywhere. I mean, I think that's how it actually is in pretty much any city. Yeah. Like even in Charlotte, I don't really ever meet anyone that's from Charlotte. Yeah. And I think they're all from outside areas, even like an hour away. Yeah. Because that's still a big difference. Yeah, they they tra- they go like there for the e- either for they the jobs. Tra- they they travel there on a daily, or they have only lived there for a certain period of time, or they're from a completely different country or completely different city. It, it's like almost always that. Yeah, and I think like I've met a lot of people that have moved from New York to Charlotte, and I just I think the the movement of people in that way it helped spread. I think it helps spread the idea of not going along with authority because that mindset reached more places as people went to different places. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you know, if you're the one person in your town that doesn't trust authority, you're the crazy person. And now people are able to travel. They all go to LA and then hate the government, but want it big. Uh, But yeah, we can get to millennials now, which starts in 1981 and goes till uh, 1996. And we're kind of talking about like almost two different categorizations of millennials, yeah. right? Yeah, because there's the uh, there's that first wave of millennials who grew up without the internet, or at least without the internet being a, a big thing. And those are going to be the earlier years. And then I think once you get to the 90s, you know, Technology, cell phones, maybe cellular data. I can't really remember. That got big in the the thousands. Yeah. So they're 10 years old. They're going through, you know, middle and high school. They're pretty much growing up with electronics. So there's that disparity of people who have gone up until high school before they have a cell phone to people having a cell phone within middle school, which is... I feel like technology's changed the game more than just about anything, more than transportation. I think technology's really changed yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, we're gonna talk about this some too a little bit from now. But AI is it's the going biggest to. change that ha- will have ever happened. But like, as far as the things that it touches and changes. It's going to be big. It, it, it's it already is, huge. It is the automobile uh, or, or the printing press. So, something of that nature. S- something astronomically 
game changing for human quality of life. Yeah, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, like, I, I just some... looked this up. I don't really know how accurate this is, but this 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 uh, article is categorizing millennials into six different groups. That's too many. Up and comers, global givers, traditionalists, nostalgics, trendsetters, and skeptics. Well, that's too many groups for a 15 year period. <laughs> well, because I think that that's really the, I mean, that's the, the next biggest shift. There was no shift for a very long time. And then the internet came. Yeah. The internet. Like 40 years of, of kind of just like a gradual, uh, slow progression of technology, you know, phones yeah. slowly get smaller computers start to become more useful computer mice are just incorporated by apple in like what the 80s like yeah you know pe people don't start having home computers until the late 80s and even then that's kind of like a rich and thing yeah. and even then they're thousands of dollars and they're not incredibly useful and so it's like this gradual progression of I mean, they had a huge change. So I guess it makes sense because there are like, it, when you think about millennials, nostalgics are the thing that people, all, like millennials are always like, they miss the 90s. You know what I yeah. mean? The 80s and missing the 80s and 90s. Well, I think you hear, more, I, I think the 80s is more fantasized about missing. Yeah. And I know oh, I'm so glad the 80s is done. Uh, I wish I it was here. I fucking dude. hate the 80s. Why? Hair bands, fucking everything. I hate cocaine. hair bands. You know, I hate hair bands. I hate 80s music in general. I hate I love 80s it. pop. I hate 80s rock. What I hate MJ? 80s metal. I like his 90s stuff better. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really know the difference, but I, I, I mean, just in general, I, I don't like it. I wish I would have grew up, grown up in the 80s, to be oh, honest. Oh, God. And, and the hair. Ugh. I wish I would have been. I wish when 1980 started, I was 13. So by I the don't. time it hit the 90s, I was 23. I did enough clean cocaine. I fucking lived a life, you know? I want to be born one thousand years from now. <laughs> Have fun in the I wanna nuclear come wasteland. I want to come back in a thousand years as a robot. I think it's possible. You do that, buddy. But... I think that's where cringe starts. I think cringe <laughs> starts with millennials. That's funny. Would you agree? Probably, yeah. Because they're very vocal about their opinions yeah, and their, and I, and their aspirations. That's where I think like the uptight hippie came from because the 70s had hippies, but they were more nature. It's those anti-Vietnam Gen X people that like passed the yeah. hippie love onto their kids, but they became like egotistical douchebags about it. And they all like started to be like, I eat tofu only. Yeah. Those, those fucking like Ralphie fucking May. Soy Rizzo. Ralphie May RIP had a fantastic bit where he talks, he's in a coffee shop and this guy's dread was dang. This white guy's dread was dangling <laughs> over his coffee and he was getting mad about it. And like, that is like, an ideal millennial experience when you that's think pretty funny. Yeah. When you think you're going to be like this fucking millennial, like that's who it is. It's this, you know, hipsters. Yeah. As they're getting into the two thousands, they, hipsters. they're, they're, they're somewhat efficient with technology. They have a hate of their parents. They miss the good old days. Yeah. Like they're generally tech savvy. Yeah. You know, they, they overall value like open communication like between like in person. Yeah. Cause it's kind of before the era of video chat still. So they still value 
you know, in-person communication, probably a little more overall. Um, I'd say every generation until Gen Z had a bigger friend group in general. Probably. And now they have followers. Yes. Yeah. yeah Which brings friends. us to Gen Z yeah, and Gen Alpha. Z. We don't even talk about Alpha. They're <laughs> fucking five years old. No, they're 13. I know they're 13. I know. I know. But they're five. They're that's about the to be thing. 14 in two months. Anything under 15 is five. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I and you are Gen Z. That's not true, though. I'm a millennial in my head. I feel like I'm a baby boomer in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I might be Gen X in my head, actually. No, you scream millennial. Okay, I guess that's okay. Because Gen X was still hesitant around tattoos, unless you were oh, a biker. Yeah. Well, see, I was a metal guy, so I like 80s death metal. I'm a death uh, metal boy. Death metal all the way. But Gen Z, Fall. we get a lot of hate, us zoomers. Um, but Fucking I get it. Animals, and I also pass the hate to the Z's because you're old. So <laughs> I'm not old. You're old. Gen you know Z is—they resemble millennials because <laughs> I'm a Gen X boy. That's why they, but they—they they have shorter attention spans. Yes, and very advanced. And, and it's not necessarily their fault. No, but it's just true. Yeah, and they have very short. You, know, you could spans. actually blame millennials and Gen X for Gen Z's low attention yeah. span because they're the ones that built the apps that rotted their fucking brains out, and th- also made them smarter at the same time. Don't know how, but yep. I think there's a biggest emphasis for both good and bad around mental disorders such as anxiety, depression. Yeah, um, the uh, the older generations were not like. What do you think, Gen X and beyond? Millennials were the first ones that started to kind of like be accepting of mental health and, and psycho or uh, psychiatry and such. I yeah. feel like that has to be true because if you think about what the average age of those people in that profession are, it's millennial age range, late millennial age range, early or late Gen X, early millennials I are think- the people who are like, you know, forties, fifties is like your average psychiatrist or like therapist and such. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so like somewhere, well, they're basically millennials. Yeah. So they're the kind of the first generation that was open and accepting uh, to that, to the idea of self-help and mental recovery and such, I guess. Yeah. And it started slow. I, it probably started, I'd, I'd venture around the seventies. I yeah. think was, you know, cause Big that's psychology when, boom. Yeah. That's when, you know, a lot of mushrooms were being done. A lot of drugs were being experimented on. A lot of people's brains were going crazy. Psychi- psychiatry became a big profession. The government was using psychiatry, you know, in the big MK ultra scandal, which started in the fifties. So it might've even been a little before that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a bigger thing now than it used to be for certain and i don't know if that's for the best did i tell you i was diagnosed with depression without knowing it oh yeah and then you found out when you went to another appointment or anxiety i was diagnosed with anxiety and i didn't know i was diagnosed with anxiety it's literally a piece of paper and if you check off the right boxes which you could do by just being like hmm how could i seem anxious Maybe put a four in this box. I feel like it's so easily handed out without any preliminary questions. 
Yeah. Because I think <laughs> there's a lot of things that can cause depression and anxiety that aren't necessarily a brain malfunction. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not, yeah, no, not a malfunction. Yeah. I think there are depression and anxieties where it's a brain malfunction of like, yeah. you know, certain chemicals aren't being released. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I would bet all of the money that I have that if you look at every case, and I'm not saying the majority, I'm just saying there is a group that have been diagnosed with depression and anxiety where it's more likely the circumstance of their life rather than their brain chemistry and they're getting prescribed pills that they don't need. Yeah, that's true. The overprescription of drugs. I well, think, that's a whole separate yeah. issue of, of you know how the pharmaceutical industry is milking people's wallets for yeah. extra cash. But I think that I think with generations, I'd venture. This is a guess, so don't quote me. But I'd venture as psychiatry became more well known and accepted, it was easier to push pills without being questioned yeah so, that's probably true yeah and i'd say that probably started in the 80s and 90s and then has only gotten to a, an absolutely horrific point in 2020s yeah yeah that's true okay so i want to wrap up part one with one more thing here and mm -hmm. it's going to be the the kids these days effect that's what it's actually called so we're going to talk about that we'll wrap up part one and then we'll come back and really break down into some specifics of different facets of society or business or entertainment that have went through changes. And we'll talk about pros and cons of how those are now and, and kind of delve into the generation gap between the boomers and millennials slash Gen Z, because they kind of hate each other on, on social media. Got gotta love social media. It makes everything better. We'll have to also just have like 10, 20 minutes where we just talk about how the internet has shaped these generations. Cause it has oh, been, yeah. it's been the biggest change between generations that's ever existed. As far as I can tell. Pro yeah, probably, probably like between, you know, millennials that specifically grew up with technology or go as far as Gen Z with Gen X. There <laughs> yeah. is a total divide. Oh yeah. It's like insane. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So an article from BBC suggests that the criticisms of millennials today actually echo the ones that previous generations have faced for thousands of years, yeah, such as being lazy, entitled, selfish, indecisive, ignorant, disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. The article suggests that the negative stereotypes of young people are pretty, are either usually based on like misunderstanding or envy or you know, lack of confidence in themselves, so, stuff like that. Okay, so I'm just going to give you some quotes. So a list of quotes here, and, and we'll see how far back these go, right? Yeah, I think I've actually seen this post before, and it- I hope so. It's crazy so, how it, yeah, go ahead. Millennials are lazy and think basic tasks are beneath them. They're a generation with a huge sense of entitlement. That was from a Daily Mail article in 2017. Many young people are so pampered nowadays that they have forgotten that there was a such thing as walking and that made automatically for, and they made automatically for the buses. Unless they did something, the future of walk for walking was very poor. Indeed. Scottish rights of way, more young people should use them. And that was by Falkirk Herald, uh, 1951 self-obsessed. 
They're out-of-touch hipsters who spend too much on coffee and too little on facial hair care. Many are spoiled, entitled, or both. That was A Boss's Guide to Managing Bratty Millennials in Momzet 2016. Here's an advertisement. Uh, whether, whither are the... <laughs> Whither are the manly vigor and athletic appearance of our forefathers flown? <laughs> Can these be their legitimate heirs? Surely no. A race of effeminate, self-admiring, emaciated fribbles can never have descended in a direct line from the heroes of Potiers and Agincourt. Was this written in 3 AD? This was written in 1771. Yeah. And that was a letter in Town and Country magazine republished in Paris fashion. Uh, the tragic truth is that America's millennials are a bunch of phone-addicted, selfie-obsessed, hashtagging, snapchatting, kale-munching, twerking, lazy, whining, ill-informed, politically correct, cassetted narcissists who find absolutely everything morally offensive and believe that there are 165 ways to identify sexually. That was a memo to millennials. That awful feeling you've got is called losing. That was in 2016 also. Yeah, love that 2016 yeah. hate towards millennials. So they're... That, the polarization. No, I've got, I'm, going, I'm okay. keeping going. I'm, I'm, I've got more. I've got more. Don't stop me now. We defy anyone who goes about with his eyes open to deny that there is, as never before, an attitude on the part of young folks, which is best described as grossly thoughtless, rude, and utterly selfish. That was from The Conduct of Young People, 1925. So, isn't that weird? That sounds exactly yeah. like what they say now. Huh. They think they know best. My huge generalities touch on their insistence that they are right, despite the overwhelming proof that suggests they are not. <laughs> That's all of them. That's everybody. <laughs> They think they know everything and they are always sure about it. That was from Aristotle in the fourth century BC. <laughs> but they're also too cautious. Millennials have been called the most cautious generation, the first to grow up with car seats and bike helmets, the first not allowed to walk to school or go to the playground alone. They're really, maybe that's, oh, okay, I don't know which one that's from, but it's an irony. But so many of us are a cautious, nervous, conservative crew that some of the elders who five years ago might have feared that we would come trooping home full of foreign radical ideas are now afraid that the opposite might be true and that we could be lacking some of the old American gambling spirit and enterprise. So, you know, they're too cautious, but they're not cautious enough. Exactly. Like, and two, it, two more. Okay. Many of the millennials in today's workforce have more confidence than they do competence. That's from millennials. Their overconfidence at work can look delusional. That was from an independent Irish magazine in 2017. So see like conflicting statements here. Okay, last one. Aristotle, 4th century BC. Young people are high-minded because they have not yet been humbled by life, nor have they experienced the force of circumstances. So... What are your thoughts on this idea that the whole concept has just always been this way? Well, I want to add one more that I just found. In Mesopotamia, this was in 2015, they found a stone in cuneiform. I think that's how you say it. I'm pretty sure. The first written language. It says, thou young ones are some bitches. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 
<laughs> right next to the Rosetta Stone. It just said, thou, thou youngins are some bitches. That's um, awesome. So I understand it. I understand why it happens, but it is funny to, you know, I think you can get really caught up in the times to think that you're the only generation that does it. But human beings as a whole are very repetitive through time, especially yeah. on small circumstances. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't surprise me that it's been shouted out and it probably continues to be shouted out and it will continue as we get older. We'll probably call, you know, I already call kids bitches. So it's, it <laughs> doesn't surprise me at all. And I understand why it happens. And part of why it keeps happening is probably repressed feelings of us being told the same thing. Well, I'm and actually, so actually going to explain okay. why it happens. So this is an actual psychological phenomenon that is called the kids these days effect. And it's where older people tend to believe that the younger generations lack whatever traits that they themselves possess in abundance. This is usually just a flawed memory like a possible yeah. explanation is where older, mis older people mistakenly recall that kids in the past were more accomplished than today's kids who suffer by comparison. So there's a study that was conducted here by Pew Research. To carry out the study, participants were asked to rank today's kids on three specific traits, respect for authority, intelligence, and enjoyment of reading. The higher the participants ranked themselves on these traits, the more likely they were to deal out lower scores to today's kids. So this supported the researchers' initial hypothesis that people have this tendency to notice the limitations of others where they excel. So the study concluded with the idea that when we are observing current children, we are comparing our biased memory to the present and a decline appears. And, and that explains why the kids these days effect has been happening for millennia all the way back to Aristotle and beyond because it's a trait specific bias. Like, like another, another explanation for the way that it works is older people are more likely to like whine that kids these days are deficient on these traits where they happen to excel such as respect for authority or reading or a college education, so on and so forth. So that's how we've got to this point. And what we're dealing with. And it also makes sense if we reference back to my little philosophy spiel. When you're young, I think you try to be something more than when you're old. So you're looking towards that ideal. And I think when you're old, you look back as if you were that ideal, ideal you were striving to be. Yeah. So you yeah, put true. yourself on a pedestal where you're like, I was so good. I was the ideal. And now look at these fucking kids. And then yep. also... You don't, re you only remember your good accomplishments, but you don't really remember when you were flawed. Like when you see someone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when you see someone, for rose example, colored glasses. Yeah. If you're working, right, and you see someone doing a lazy shit job, it's really easy to be really angry at them when they're doing a lazy shit job. But there's probably been a few times. Now, if it's consistent, that's a different thing. But there have been times where you've been a lazy piece of shit at your job because of a whole slew of circumstances. But you're not going to remember that because you don't want to because it doesn't help you towards your narrative of reaching your ideal. So yeah. when you get old, you're not going to remember that you were that same person slacking off and fucking giving customers attitude whenever they spoke up because 
He yeah. would just having a bad day. And it wasn't important enough to like retain it for 50 years. Exactly. But when you won employee of the month in your bullshit job, you were like, I was the best. I yep. talked to so many people. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap up with this week. We'll be back next week with part two. And we're going to break all this down in a lot more detail. Yeah. And we are starting with poetry. Oh, Jesus.